If your spider plant is looking peaky and that Venus flytrap you bought just kicked the bucket, you need On The Ledge, the podcast about indoor gardening where you learn everything you need to know to keep your house plants looking lush. I'm Jane Perone. Join me and a host of wonderful guests to chat all things houseplants at On The Ledge Podcast. Welcome to episode five of the Miles to Memories podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, editor-in-chief of Miles to Memories, and I am joined each and every Thursday by my co-hosts, managing editor of Miles to Memories, Mark Osterman, and from As the Joe Flies and various podcasts around the interwebs, Joe Chung. Before we get into the show, I just want to remind everybody that you can uh, check us out on the web at mtmpodcast.com. That's our brand new address, so mtmpodcast.com. You can subscribe to the show from there. Uh, links to Apple Podcasts, everywhere else. Just in case anybody was listening last week, um, guys, I want to apologize. Anybody who's a parent kind of understands, but my microphone has a few settings on it, and uh, Ellie kind of snuck into my office, my daughter, and switched it. So there might have been a little bit more echo last week uh, compared to this week, and I apologize for that. Uh, I blame Joe garbage. for yeah. I blame Joe for not telling. <laughs> yeah, no, it was my fault. I, I should have caught that. Yeah, it is my fault. Yeah, you are. I, the pro. I blame myself at least. Big time choke. I think Joe we should just all blame just, the four-year-old who did it, right? I mean, Joe messed on, the bed so hard last week. We'll, we'll just blame the four-year-old. She needs to take responsibility for her actions and learn that. <laughs> and just one last reminder before we get into the show, we have our, several events coming up over the next few months. Um, and uh, just you can find them all listed at milestomemories.com forward slash events. Today, we wanted to talk about something that is near and dear to Joe's heart, and that is when deals go wrong or the stress of deals or he just wants to complain about the Delta vacations deal again. Is that right, Joe? Yeah, pretty much. So what happened with it? What, what was your experience and you know, what sort of lessons did, did you learn that we should share with uh, all of the listeners? Yeah. For context for listeners, you know, normally we like to start by catching up on what we've been doing, what we've been redeeming, where we've been flying. But, you know, I think my experience last week, I talked to Sean and I was like, this is probably enough for us to talk about in depth and uh, kind of expand upon. So that's what we're going to do here. So, you know, we talked about the Delta vacations deal in episode four. I think we also mentioned it in episode three, but essentially what was happening was you could get two cents per Delta sky mile and apply it to the cost of vacations. And it came out that you were also able to apply this to Disney vacations and more importantly, Disney tickets, which are notoriously hard to discount for one reason or another. I got it in my head that I wanted to buy Disney tickets with this deal and eventually bridge them to an annual pass, which means you take the value of the ticket and apply it to the cost of an annual pass. Since I would get the value of the ticket, which was going to be about $720, that's the ticket that I plan to buy for 36,000 sky miles, I thought that was a good enough deal that it made the math make sense for me to get an annual pass. Well, uh, I would start by recommending, you know, don't start booking things at 1.30 a.m. because 1.30 a.m., on Friday morning, which I guess is Thursday night, I decided to finally do this. And Mr. Mark was like, oh, I only spent four minutes. So easy. Um, well, you know, that was not my experience I'm at all. I'm better than you, that's all. <laughs> yeah. Well, you didn't book it, all right? Yeah, you didn't get the deal. So um, anyway, what happened was 
at 1.30 a.m., again, a terrible time to start booking things. But I was like, oh, I better do it now because I might forget on Friday and the deal was expiring on Friday. I booked my package and, you know, I plan to use, I think, 59,000 Sky Miles and then uh, a couple hundred dollars because, you know, we'll talk about this in a bit, but I realized that I still had a U.S. bank travel credit to use. Um, so I was spending a couple hundred dollars and 59,000 Sky Miles. So I got to the end, I hit submit, and then I got a whirling loop of death for like a minute and then it said we cannot complete your transaction please try again later so i was like well five seconds is later right so i tried the whole thing again clicked it got the wheel got the same message and i was like well third time third time's the charm right did it one more time um and nothing and i was like okay well i guess this isn't working for tonight i'll do it in the morning for some reason right before i went to bed i decided to just check my delta account i was i guess i was i was partially considering doing it one more time and lo and behold, my Delta Sky Miles balance was like 1,000 Sky Miles. And I had started with around 184,000. So Delta took 59,000 times three Sky Miles away, but they never even completed my itinerary. Now, I don't know if you guys have had an experience like this before, but I felt like I'd been completely punched in the gut. I don't know. Have you guys like logged in and seen like a ton of miles missing before? Yeah, I was... Uh hacked with my JetBlue account, like 400,000 miles redeemed. Um, so yeah, I've had that happen before for sure, but not for, uh, for, for different reasons, but yeah. That sounds like a story in and yeah, of itself. It was crazy. Anyway, so my miles were all missing. Now it's 2 a.m. I call Delta and they're like, um, it should be fine. You know, we'll try to book. We were having trouble with our computers all night. People's miles have been gone missing, going missing all night. We'll try to book this later. And you should get the extra 108000 that you didn't want to spend back eventually. Long story short, by like 6 p.m. on Friday, I had my itinerary done, but I didn't have the 108000 miles back, which I was thinking of booking a second trip. Well, the silver lining is I didn't get the miles back. I didn't book that trip. But my point of this story is, yeah, everything worked out, but it was a lot of stress. I was on the phone for like three hours between the hours of 2 and 8 a.m., which is like you know, you don't want to be on the phone at that time. Um, and so, you know, this quote unquote amazing deal had come along and I finally decided to jump on it, but it became a lot more difficult than I had expected. Now I'm not complaining, you know, I know these things happen um, and it sucked at the time, but you know, I'm not trying to like cry over spilled milk. But what I thought would be good for us to talk about is, you know, these amazing deals quote unquote come along from time to time, but sometimes they end up being a lot more stress than we expect. And that's what I experienced here. And so I was curious, you know, have you guys experienced stress doing one of these like quote unquote easy deals before? I've certainly run into it with, with quite a few deals. Uh, I, I usually find the most stress when it comes to like airfare deals um, because I'm always, anytime there's like a great airfare sale, I feel like I'm missing out. You mean like cash? Yeah. Well, or, well, I try to book it with points. Yeah. But yeah, I mean like like today, I just wrote about a Japan Airlines crazy business class deal, and I had, of course, I had to book it. But I've run into um, situations where I do that, and then I'm spending so much time trying to figure out my schedule, and I'm trying to figure out all these things, and then I realize that I'm I'm having to move so many pieces that it's sort of defeating the whole purpose of the of the deal in the first place. Um, and I've done that, you know, quite a few times. Um, I've also had like mistake. Earlier this year, I wrote a little bit about it. Um, you know, I showed up in Singapore with a mistake hotel fare that they had they had honored for other people, and they denied me, and I didn't get a hotel room, and I had to go to a to a another hotel. It was incredibly stressful. So I've had certainly uh, things like that, and 
Wait, you didn't find out you got walked until you got there? Yeah, it's a long story. <laughs> and uh, one for another day. But yeah, I got there. I, <laughs> yeah. I flew all the way to Singapore, showed up at the hotel. And yes, there was no reservation, even though I had confirmations and everything else. And they didn't, did not honor the, the fare or the rate. And uh, it was at the Ritz-Carlton. And I ended up having to go to the Hyatt, to the Grand Hyatt, and uh, pay over there uh, using points. Wow, really slumming it there. Well, I mean, it, it, it was certainly frustrating. But yeah, I mean, uh, certainly what I think, uh, well, I'll, before I say that, Mark, I mean, have you ever had a similar deal or a similar experience or? Not really. Uh, I usually, I'm kind of lazy. So I usually, if, if I, if I think it's going to be a terrible experience, I don't really go for it. Like the Iberia deal, um, with the Avios, like what was that? Six months ago, a year ago where you could get a ton of them and that, but you'd have to book like local flights for cash just to earn the points and. People were booking them but not showing up because they were paying out so much. I just didn't mess with that because it just seemed like too much effort for the payoff. So I usually skip that type of stuff. The only thing I've ever had that's similar is uh, we had a flight booked to the Bahamas, but it was terrible routing. Uh, I had done it with U.S. Airways uh, from their credit card sign up years ago. And we were going to uh, from Detroit to Dallas to the Bahamas. And there was a long layover in Dallas, but it was the only award space we could find. And then when they merged with American Airlines, another one opened up uh, that went through Miami and it was all in first class. Uh, so we, I wanted to change that. And, it, and there was so much confusion because it was right during the merger that I had to call American and I had to call U.S. and going back and forth and nobody knew what was going on. I mean, the nice thing was I never got charged the $150 fee. I was supposed to get charged by U.S. for changing it on American if you upgrade to first class and the, the start and the uh, destination remained the same. You don't get charged that, but uh, with U.S. you're supposed to. And I'd talk to American, and they'd say, well, did you get charged? And I said, well, I gave them my credit card number, which I did, but they never actually billed it. So I was on the phone until like 3, 4 in the morning going back and forth between them all. It finally got worked out, but it was it was super annoying. So that's my story that's similar, but wasn't really deal-related. Wait, so your whole like fly to Arby's, I mean fly to Honolulu for Arby's or whatever, like that wasn't stressful at all? Or inconvenient, at least? No, it was awesome. What are you talking about? It was $6. It didn't take any time. All I did was have to click a button, and he I won. not even like Arby's. <laughs> yeah. I like I like mozzarella sticks and curly fries. <laughs> didn't you have to fly to Honolulu? <clears throat> yeah, I flew uh, from Detroit to L.A. We spent a night in L.A. I uh, went to a Dodgers game. Uh, got to hang out in the King's Hawaiian Suite, which was awesome. Uh, met Steve Garvey, who's a Michigan State Spartan alum. Super awesome. Then we got up in the morning, flew to Honolulu, hung out for a few hours, and then flew all the way back. So it was a lot of fun until the flight back and, and coach, well, uh, Economy Plus or Comfort Plus. But uh, all, all night flight was not great, but besides that, it was a fun time. Now I'm talking about like actually searching the deal, booking the deal, doing all the legwork. I don't like that stuff. I'm too lazy for that. But to just get on a plane, that doesn't bother me. <laughs> well, see, that's not, I mean, yeah, that is a portion of it but i also think like the i don't know if stress is the right word but you know you having to sit on a red eye and coach to kind of complete your like deal like to me at the very least to me like that would be stressful so you know there are like for one reason why i never jumped onto mileage runs um in terms of like deals and stuff like that and chasing status is because it always just felt like there were too many things that could go wrong like yes your mileage run could go smooth but if it Imagine if you're doing a mileage run to Hong Kong sometime in the last month or so. Like, it could be a huge mess. And so, you know, I think it's important for listeners to, you know, make sure you 
at least account for the fact that deals can go wrong. Even if they're going completely right, like things can go wrong that, you know, make them more difficult and more of a pain than, you know, you would expect. The one thing I'll say is I think you are differ. Uh, you're discounting the the experience of it. I mean, I've certainly taken mileage runs. My first mileage run was I don't know, back in 2014, I think, because uh, I had an offer from American Airlines for Platinum Status, and I went all the way to Paraguay, and it was quite the adventure for me. So, you know, there is some other aspect to that, and I think Mark probably, uh, like he has said, that he loved the, the sort of the adventure and the experience of that Arby's uh, Hawaii deal. So there are certain times when these sort of crazy things do make sense. Um, I've taken mileage runs where I, you know, did a mileage run down to Panama and I did a side trip to Cuba and that's how I went to Cuba. This was before we were allowed to fly from the U.S. And I guess well, we're back to that sort of rules now, I think. But nonetheless, I think that there is certain stuff to be said for just sort of experiencing it, but uh, not at the price of inconveniencing uh, your life or, you know, having to, you know, to move mountains around just to get a deal because we've all been doing this long enough and we know, you know, the next deal is around the corner. Their deal, more deals will come. And if you have to skip one, cause you're going to have to skip some of them. Um, it's okay. And honestly, I tend to forget, you know, the, the deal kind of moves on and I tend to forget about it and move on to the next thing and, and sort of move on with life. So take advantage of what you can and then uh, what you can't, you know, put it in the rear view mirror and, you know, ride off into the sunset. Yeah. I mean, quick tangent like i think that's one of my beefs with the miles and points space in general it's getting like a little bit better because people are like starting to have kids but you know mark your kids are older so you can probably leave them with no problem but when you have young kids at home like the way people write about these deals and obviously like they're writing from their own perspective but the perspective is that of you know either single people or married without kids people you know i know sean you have ellie but you don't always take her on, you know, these crazy runs or you rarely take her on these crazy runs. And so, you know, I think the way the space is constructed when these deals come around, it's like, Oh, jump on this. It's so good. So good. Um, and people kind of, you get, you get that FOMO, right? Except for the reality is like some people, they just can't, you know, fly to Hong Kong at the drop of a hat. You know, I like talk to Trevor about this all the time on the observation deck. Um, and, you know, even he, his time is starting to get more constrained with his reselling business and stuff. But, you know, I think it's not realistic. And, um, you know, it's not it's not a huge beef I have, but it is a small beef I have with the community. Because, like, you'll see all the blogs blow up with the deals. And I like to jump on them. And I do sometimes. But, you know, the reality is it's not for everyone. And I feel like one should not feel pressure when these things are happening. Like I did with the Delta Vacations deal. Do you feel that the blogs um, are pressuring people into doing it? Like we'll cover a deal and certainly cover it from our perspective. But I, as someone who takes advantage of these deals and and we'll talk, take today's business class example. Um, I got $1,400 round trip. um, And actually, you know, I used uh, membership rewards. So about 80,000 membership rewards after a business platinum rebate um, round trip in business class to Japan for my entire family. So, I mean, I, I'm able to, to blog about that. It may be a deal that other people can't do. I'm not trying to sell somebody on that. There's no like sale for me. It's just a matter of sharing it. How do we share that those kind of deals without creating it? I think it's sort of up to everybody to, to know their own limitations. Um, but I do agree that sometimes, you know, there are a lot of like uh, single people, people who can do a lot more than, than sort of families. But how do we write about this stuff or how do we cover this stuff so that uh, it makes sense to readers and do you think that blogs are sort of like, 
I don't know, selling a bill of goods to people and, and, and sort of being dishonest about the way they cover deals? Well, so that's the funny thing, right? Like, I don't actually, I don't fault any, I wouldn't fault, you know, I don't fault Miles to Memories. I don't fault, I assume one mile at a time wrote about the deal. Like, I just saw the deal before we hopped on, so I'm not sure. But if I wrote had, about the deal. I was the first, it was on Flyer Talk, and I was the first blog to, to write it. So get that right, well, John. Boom. I'm saying, I'm saying. <laughs> Mic drop. I'm saying he will probably eventually write about it. Um, Better get so, that hat tip, too, then. <laughs> Oh, that's that's a whole nother can of worms, Mark. But you know, I don't think any individual blogs are well. Some blogs are suspect, but most blogs are just you know they're just reporting the news or they see the angle and they're talking about it. But it's one of those things where every individual blog's decision to report it in a vacuum is cool. But when twenty blogs report it, you know it creates this kind of peer pressure situation, not out of malice from. The majority of the blogs or yeah really all i don't think people do things maliciously maybe some do it to make money more than others but you know so it's it's tough right like i made i've been making this analogy and forgive me for this tangent but you know people are like oh is it a good thing that disney bought fox you know is it a good thing that disney owns all these ips in a vacuum disney owning pixar disney owning fox disney owning whatever like it's fine right but as disney starts owning all these different things all of a sudden, you know, the overall media landscape becomes much more homogenous. And I think as blogs report the same thing over and over, it makes the miles and points landscape more homogenous. And then that creates kind of like this peer pressure bubble situation. So it's tough because you can't really fault any individual blogs, but like kind of the group think, you know, makes it dangerous. And so maybe my beef isn't with blogs, but it's with the group think that comes out when these deals come out. Yeah, and I think that's a good point. And I think uh, anybody at home who's listening, um, Joe just talked about Disney, so that means you should take a drink per the Miles to Memories podcast drinking game. Anytime we mention Disney on the podcast, uh, I, I just took a drink. That. You're welcome. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joe and I cannot uh, keep a, a podcast going without mentioning Disney at least once. Hey, that, I mean, was on the... neg- that was negative Disney, though. Well, that's two drinks then. If we talk bad about Disney, I think that that should be like <laughs> take two drinks. No, please drink responsibly, people. Drink responsibly. Um, Joe's trying to blame us for him not having a sleep that night. We gave him FOMO. I think that's what the, all this boils down to. He blames us. Yeah. <laughs> and I will say on the flip side, I booked three deals with that, and I didn't have any sorts of issues, and I did the same thing. So I guess it's just a matter of, you know, this, sometimes good things happen, sometimes bad things happen. And, yeah, I mean, I, I think as a consumer of this stuff, you sh- you need to be aware of what your limitations are and stick to them, and it's okay to move on and and you know, put a deal in the rear view mirror, like, uh, like you were originally going to do, you know, you win some, you lose some, but I think in the end, we're all winning pretty well, uh, when we can take advantage of some of these deals when they make sense to us. Yeah. I mean, I think ultimately, you know, I can rant and, uh, rage all I want. And yeah, I definitely blame you guys for me spending all that time on the notification <laughs> deal. I knew it. Obviously that's a joke. That's a joke, but I just want to say out there, I feel like it should be said publicly at least once a month. Please, everyone, feel free to not take part in these deals and not kick yourself over it. You know, of, resist the FOMO. You know, it's not in the in the long run, um, it's not going to help you. And like you said earlier, Sean, the next deal is always around the corner, so it's always going to be there for you. Absolutely, and I agree with that one hundred percent. Get to know your limitations. You can't get on in on every deal. And uh, you know, I've been in this deal space for a very, very, very long time, and there's been some amazing deals. Uh, there will continue to be amazing deals, I'm assuming, and uh, 
they just don't slow down. So yeah, just make the take the ones that uh, take the wins that are easy for you. The sort of the low hanging fruit, the ones that make sense. Sometimes there's amazing deals that just don't make sense in your mind. Like everybody says it's an amazing deal, but you can't wrap your head around it, or it just doesn't make sense with your experience or your desires or your schedule or whatever. And if that's the case, then it's not a great deal for you, and and that's okay. So don't let other people tell you what to do. And uh, yeah, FOMO is. Uh, it's real and you got to try to avoid it uh, or it's probably best to, to try to avoid it anyway. So pretty much only subscribe to Miles to Memories. No one else. <laughs> okay. Yes. hundred percent. All right. <laughs> I take that, that too as is an a endorsement. Joke, ladies and gentlemen, that too is a joke, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, this episode of Miles to Memories is brought to you by uh, Travel Freely and that's our recommended way to organize credit cards and, uh, Joe was talking a little bit last week about his experiences getting started with Travel Freely, and I know that you've had a little bit more experience with it this week. Tell us about it, Joe. Yeah, so I alluded earlier before that you know I realized that I had uh, that $325 U.S. bank travel credit to still use. And the way that I realized that was, um, like I said last week, Travel Freely tells you every credit card that is 45 days away from the annual fee being due. Now, note, they use the date that you said you got the card for that. So, you know, it's kind of self-reporting. Anyway, I saw that my U.S. bank altitude reserves fee was due. And so I went into that and then I was like, did I even use the $325 travel credit that I'd planned to use? And lo and behold, I hadn't. So I was like, oh shoot, I got to use this before my 45 days are up so that um, I can do that. You know, I probably would have looked at that eventually, but the fact that the, that travel freely kept telling me that, you know, I had these cards that were 45 days away from the annual fee, you know, that really kind of tipped me off to that and got me you know, on my horse uh, in terms of checking that out. I will note, though, uh, on I wouldn't say the negative side, but something that I would love to see Travel Freely add is once you get past the 45 days, like when it passes your anniversary date, those cards kind of drop off. There's no way to like kind of check off that you've dealt with them. And so, uh, you know, I kind of was missing that. Um, I had I had a card disappear and I had to go back and kind of find it. But, you know, I think the whole one reason to get started with travel freely in the first place is to prevent yourself from procrastinating and make sure you check those things off before you pass the anniversary date. Yeah, I agree. There's some great, um, great features built into it and you put the data in there. So you're not turning in over all your logins to them. I think that's a great feature of it. And so we, I've been using it for a while. Joe's been using it for a while. It's absolutely free to try out. So you can see if it works for you. You can sign up at uh, miles to memories.com forward slash go forward slash TF pod miles to memories.com forward slash go forward slash TF pod travel freely. All right. And uh, before we go on uh, to continue on the show, Mark and I are going to have uh, some great discussions, uh, but uh, Joe, you had to take off. So we wanted to say goodbye and uh, you've got to go chase a deal or something, right? I got to go rant about chasing deals. So uh, <laughs> I guess I'll see you guys next week. All right. We'll see you next week. Thanks. See you Joe. later, Joe. All right. Take it easy guys. So the last week or so I was actually in Washington, D.C., at a couple different industry conferences. So I thought it'd be kind of interesting to talk a little bit about a little bit of behind the scenes maybe of sort of what we do to, to bring you content and who we meet with. And then also a little bit about networking and, and meeting people and, and things like that. I was at uh, 2019 FinCon in Washington, D.C., which was at the Washington Hilton, uh, a hotel made famous, I suppose, by that's where, uh, that's where Ronald Reagan was shot, uh, just outside the doors there back in the 1980s. So Maybe you've seen the hotel from that. So it's kind of a cool hotel. But anyway, they have this uh, financial bloggers conference every single year. And it's in a different city every year. And I 
have gone the last few years, spoke there once. And uh, it's kind of cool. You know, Mark, uh, you only came for CardCon, which we'll talk about in just a minute. Um, but yeah, FinCon is sort of like a gathering of bloggers that are in the financial space. So uh, we're a Miles and Points blog, so we do cover finance. And of course, you guys know we cover a lot about credit cards and rewards programs. But uh, at FinCon, you'll find bloggers that do that. But uh, they'll talk about every kind of financial issue. So you can have bloggers that are just talking about you know, retiring early or bloggers that are talking about, you know, various investments, things like that. So it's a huge conference. I think um, over 2,000 people were there and you get to meet with the various brands and the banks are there, you know, pretty much any finance brand you can think of. But what I think is really cool there is, and Mark, you got to see a little bit of this at CardCon, is um, there's a lot of uh, what they call fintech and that's sort of all these apps and services that are kind of trying to get into our financial lives and help us track our finances help us uh, do better, help us earn more rewards. I know we met uh, with uh, Plastic, which is a fintech kind of company that um, a lot of uh, our readers probably know about from credit card payments and things like that. And we learned a lot about you know Plastic and what they're doing. And um, what were your, and then the second, actually, before I ask you that, the second conference we went to is CardCon, which was specifically to credit card bloggers and what we talk about. So that was much more specific kind of to our space. So Mark, being at these conferences, or you kind of came right at the end of uh, FinCon, and then uh, you were all there, all through CardCon, what kind of, what was interesting to you, because this was your first time there, um, seeing the brands and kind of talking with them, and, and you know, what did you kind of get out of it? I think the, the best thing I like about uh, conferences and just going to meetups and stuff like that is is really the networking aspect, meeting people that have similar interests that are into the same type of stuff that you can talk to about it. Uh, we, we got to meet a lot of different bloggers as well as just, you know, the industry type of people. So I find that interesting. Uh, and then it gets you face to face with people that you're, you've been talking to over email or, you know, on Facebook and stuff. So you get more of a personal experience through that. So I think that's nice. The actual presentations, which drives you nuts, that I don't really enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, Mark will go all the way to a conference. And uh, yeah, we'll, go, we'll not go inside to any of the presentations. But, you know, uh, I'm, I'm the guy who's going to sit there and listen. And, and Mark's going to be the guy out there talking to everybody. And I think both of those things have value. And actually, I think uh, you're absolutely right. Networking and talking to people are so important. And so we'll pivot a little bit. Um, away from just the conference. Now, what's great about that conference is because I, I there's a lot of other bloggers who I've known for a long time, and just quite honestly, a lot of other miles and points people. It's kind of cool to hang out with them. And in, specifically in Washington D.C., there was quite a lot of miles and points people. So this week we got to hang out, and it kind of gave us a good reminder of what one of the biggest maybe secrets of the miles and points kind of travel hacking space is, and that really is networking, right? Yeah, I think. All the best stuff is is shared amongst friends and small groups uh, or, you know, people that you have a contact with. So I think there's a lot of stuff that's not written about or, or not talked about in, in a grand scope because they, they learned it from somebody that said keep it on the quiet or, you know, keep it on the down low or they don't want it to, to die if it gets reported too large. So I think that's the unique thing about going to these places is once somebody meets you in person, they're more willing to share secrets and you give tips back and forth. So that's why I like doing the, the Detroit area meetups like once a month, once every couple months. And then we have the thing coming up in November in Vegas. So that, that's where the real opportunity is, is just getting together and meeting people that I keep in touch with a lot of those people that I met once and I, I'll keep in touch with them for years until I see them again. And you still go back and forth like Ian Snyder, who writes for us, 
we used to email each other back and forth for two years before we met and we still talk on a, on a daily basis pretty much and and that's kind of the awesome part of it i think yeah and i think uh maybe people who are listening to this they're thinking oh great they're keeping all these secrets and it's not that um we do our best to bring um, content uh, onto the site that we feel is relevant and useful for mainstream audience and um, there's just certain things that we can't write and that not not things that are bad or or there's just certain things that that we can't write either we're told in confidence or uh, it's just not responsible for us to write them um, or quite honestly that we don't feel apply to a lot of people and so everybody's situation is different. So getting one-on-one -on -one time with people and, and especially people who are in the space and concentrating on it is always great because we can sort of look at what we're doing, look at what others are doing, figure out what makes the most sense for us. And also for me as sort of somebody who has a lifelong passion for travel, I don't know about, about you, Mark, but just being in the same room with people I can just talk to about being in this sort of crazy place or talk to about China or talk to about all these things just sort of casually because they've been there or they sort of understand what it is to be a traveler. That's always great because I don't, in my day-to-day -day life, I don't have a lot of people around that I can talk to about travel in that sort of way because unfortunately most Americans just aren't traveling in that same way. So I always love that as well. I agree with that completely. Just even talking about miles and points and then travel on top of that, you know, all my friends and family are tired of hearing me discuss it every time i bring it up they're like oh again we don't get it we don't care so yeah. it's nice well, to talk to people that that honestly care yeah and, and you know it's it's really easy to pick up a conversation then and it, it breaks the ice when you're just meeting somebody even if you've like read their stuff and maybe you admire the, the way they write it can be a little bit uh nerve-wracking to go up to them and say hey you know i'm i'm mark from miles to memories i, I love your stuff and it just kicks it off because you you've read some of their stuff you can talk to them about it so that's that's fun too uh, just growing, you know, your expansive friends in this miles and points universe is nice. You have different people you can bounce ideas off, share tips with. So that's that's what I enjoy about it. Yeah. And, you know, to bring it full circle, talking about our own events, um, I think that uh, one thing that people should keep in mind is that we, uh, this Miles to Memories is a pretty big site, but you and I both enjoy this stuff so much that we're, you know, we're just sort of there hanging out with people. And that's why we did create our events page, milestomemories.com forward slash events, because we really want to do a better job of uh, getting out and talking to people and, uh, and meeting people because we just enjoy the conversation. We enjoy hearing people's experiences. We definitely enjoy hearing um, when people listen to the podcast. That was one of the coolest things this last weekend. This podcast is still relatively new, but it's been, you know, it's been spreading and growing, and we're really excited about that and getting to talk to people who have actually listened to it and getting the feedback there has been tremendous. And so we're making a better effort to get out and talk to people and we want, you know, to grow the miles to memories community and we want to have more of these events. So, um, we're not just talking about a conference that we went to. We're talking about, we're going to do a better job of getting ourselves, uh, different places. And you've been doing those meetups in, uh, Detroit every couple months. Uh, like you mentioned, we're doing our full meetup, um, with, uh, three and a half hours of presentations, plus a happy hour, kind of informal get together afterwards on November 9th. Um, and people can get more information, milestomemories.com forward slash events. I'm also hosting, I don't know exactly where yet, but I'll just be uh, having dinner and anybody else who can join me in Orlando in December. Um, so we're going to be uh, doing more and more of this stuff. And uh, I think the side benefit uh, of meeting Mark, I think, in person is that, <laughs> especially if me and him are oh, together, no, is that he'll, you'll get... Where's this going? <laughs> <laughs> 
I was going to say that you get to see him rag on me all the time because that's all he was doing this last week, just pushing my buttons. But oh yeah, that's the uh, fun part. I only get to see you I like know. two, three times a year, so I got to hit you up as hard as I can. Oh, I know, and I uh, <laughs> and I secretly love it, but uh, I, I have to play the, the straight man sometimes. So does everybody else, man. Stonewall. Oh yeah, no, it's great. Mark is if you've never been uh, Mark with one with Mark at one of these events. He's about 50 times more fun than I am, but, uh, uh, yeah, it's just, <laughs> but, uh, I think he makes me about 20 times more fun. So that's always a good thing. And yeah, I, most importantly, uh, we just had fun. There's not a lot I can report back from FinCon, CardCon. It was mostly just about sort of how we can bring you the better content and how we can, uh, do stuff like that. And so that's our focus, how we can grow and, and be more relevant and get you guys the uh, best uh, content and offers and things like that. So that's all going to be coming. And, and so that's stuff you'll see kind of filter on through the site. But uh, the number one takeaway from the weekend for me, because I know Mark and I did several events and we just hung out with some cool people and just had a lot of fun. And even uh, Mark made a trip to the casino where we had a blast. Big time winner with uh, <laughs> Mr. the other awesome Mark, Mark Jackson. <laughs> yeah, shout out to to Mr. Mar- to Mr. Other Mark, and uh, I don't gamble, but I was you know I was there to uh, to root them on, and that was a lot of fun, and uh, yeah, so all kinds of fun stuff. Get together, meet other people, and we're gonna try to give you if you're new or if you don't you know you want to try to figure out how to meet people, we're gonna try to give you opportunities to meet us and our readers, and that's all coming. And uh, like like I said, you can find our next several events at milestomemories.com forward slash events. Anything else to add on this topic, Mark? Yeah, a side benefit is, you know, you're meeting people that have come from all over the country. You build up like a, a network of friends and stuff. So when you are in a city, you know, you have somebody that you can go to dinner with or, you know, somebody to take you to the airport. Shout out to Tom for driving Sean to the airport. Oh, yes, Tom. I mean, Tom is, is so cool. And actually, Tom, I believe, is on uh, kind of cross-promote to Joe's uh, Observation Deck podcast. I think he's talking on uh, this week's, the most recent show about... Royal Caribbean and, and uh, cruise line hacking and stuff like that. So, oh, awesome! Uh, give That's that cool. a listen uh, on uh, Joe's uh, Saverosity Observation Deck podcast. And thank you, Tom, for taking me to the airport. And thank you to everybody that we met. Honestly, we had like a blast. And shout uh, out to Winnie Sun, who's like the nicest person ever. Yes, <laughs> she's so yes, nice. Winnie Sun is amazing. And uh, we, I mean, yeah, we. <laughs> I'm sure that uh, yeah, you had some fun. She definitely uh, had fun meeting you. Oh yeah, her whole her whole group was just awesome. We had a great time talking. Yeah, really, really nice people, and everybody was nice. I didn't meet anybody um, who wasn't nice this weekend. And I guess we could talk a little bit about uh, we we both had the opportunity to stay at the park Hyatt uh, in Washington D.C. Um, I don't want to do a full review, but what were your thoughts on it, really quickly? Well, I got one night, and then you walked me down to the uh, to the Hyatt place. <laughs> that <laughs> was pre negotiated. Let's not pretend that. <laughs> I felt like I was slumming it, and you're like, "Oh, look at these nice these nice trees over here that have lights on them." I'm like, "Sean, they're plastic trees, okay? Like, <laughs> there's nothing nice about this." Even Charles were at the front nice. desk was laughing laughing about your trees. <laughs> checking in. Hey, but, uh, you know, I'm just trying to make you feel better. <laughs> overall, I thought I, I thought the Park Hyatt it was a little bit worn down for a Park Hyatt. I thought like the furniture was a little scuffed up, but. Uh, the room, I got upgraded thanks to your uh, guest of honor uh, booking, but uh, the room was a nice size, the bathroom was nice, but the breakfast, man, the breakfast is where it's at. What is it called? The uh, the Blue Duck Tavern? That, yes. Something like that? Yeah, Blue Duck yeah. Tavern. Phenomenal service. Uh, I think they said it's the only Michelin star 
restaurant in DC that serves breakfast and just every waiter is great. The food is perfectly prepared, uh, huge selection. And if you're globalist, it's all covered, which is insane. Uh, cause I'm sure those bills were running up to like 60, $70 just for breakfast, which is, I would never pay, but it's a nice perk of the status. So I think a lot of people stay there just because of that breakfast perk. Yeah, and I stayed there for a few more days than you did, so I got to kind of cycle through. Um, oh, you stayed more than one night? Oh, shocking. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I invited you back for breakfast the next day, and you didn't come. So That's because my my shower was not working, so I had to take a <laughs> bath like I was too. And I was like, I'm never going to make it, and I, I got to still iron my clothes, and it was just awful. <laughs> Hashtag Hyatt Place Life. Yeah. Bathtub, yeah. soaking in a bathtub. That's oh just God. terrible. That's just the funniest thing ever. But yeah, I agree. The park Hyatt is a little, in Washington, D.C., is a little bit run down. Definitely in the need of renovation. Um, the service was pretty good. Like you said, the breakfast was fantastic. I'm going to have a post probably this week on just the breakfast because I think there, I had enough of them and we had enough of them together that um, I can do that. And then I know you're going to review the hotel. So uh, we'll have some more information on that. The one thing I will say is the guest of honor booking, when you checked in, they tried to charge you for the upgrade to a suite. And, uh, you know, yeah, and that... for like an early check in, they brought up both of those things. So I didn't fight it because I left it up to you. <laughs> yeah, he didn't fight it, but I hopped on Hyatt's brand new chat feature in the app. I chatted immediately, they took it off. But that's a good, uh, quick tip for globalists who are booking for their friends. You know, make sure that they have they can be in contact with you or make sure that they at least know what they should receive for guest of honor. Because honestly, uh, in my opinion, that's incredibly dishonest for a hotel to try to do that. You're working really hard to have your globalist status. That's a published benefit to give somebody guest of honor and all of those. The early check-in, the access to available rooms is in, is a benefit. It's not guaranteed, but it is a benefit. They did have open rooms. The suite upgrade to a base suite is a guaranteed benefit if it's available. So they should have given them that room, which they did agree as soon as I sent that message. So yeah, just kind of look out for that stuff. You should maybe do like a quick write-up on uh, that, that message feature because I'm not sure if everybody knows about that yeah. and how, how to use it. I think that'd be a good yeah. good one to cover. For sure, and we'll get that done uh, this week And because uh, it was much better. I usually would go to Twitter, but this was I, my stay. When you open the app, my stay was there. I just had to hit uh, chat, so all my information they already had. So I was just able to tell them that. So yeah, I'll definitely make sure to highlight that on the website. And uh, anything else before we move on to uh, talk a bit about venue fees in Las Vegas? Uh, I guess I would just reiterate that the Park Hyatt is much nicer than the Hyatt place. <laughs> <laughs> and how terrible Sean is for making you stay there. Oh, yes. and then like I go down to, okay, at the Hyatt place, I go down to the front desk um, in the morning before I head over to the conference for the last day. And I said, can I get a 1 p.m. checkout? Because, uh, you know, my flight's at, was at like three. So I figured that's perfect. And with a globalist, you're supposed to get to, because it was booked under your name, so you're supposed to get a 4 p.m. checkout guaranteed. And the guy's like, oh, I don't, I don't know if I can do this. And I'm like, well, just look at the reservation. You'll see it's global. And then you'll say, no problem. He pulls it up and he's like, well, I guess I guess we can do the 1 p.m. checkout. Yeah, that, but that's it. I'm like, all right, whatever. And then the housekeeping comes to my room and knocks on the door three separate times. The third time, it's a, it's the manager. And she's like, when are you leaving? It was like 1210. I'm like, I've already told you guys, I'm leaving at 1. Like, And she's like, did you call downstairs or did you confirm them like yes i did so just stop please leave me alone so yeah it was a terrible stay thanks a lot yeah for I mean, that's, me there. Uh, yeah so that's the uh, hyatt place well let's say that's the hyatt place in georgetown west end i think so uh, yeah. i guess that's that's a review of that and yeah. uh 
Yeah, because four o'clock checkout is a guaranteed benefit at higher place as well. So that should have never even happened. And it and it's a Tuesday. Like you're not yeah. going to turn that room. You don't need people come in on Sunday or Monday. You're not Wednesday is not a big check-in day that you're stressing about this room or a Tuesday afternoon, I should say. But I don't know. It was just frustrating. Well, from frustrations in Washington D.C., let's uh, move on to Vegas and what is really becoming absurd now. Um, we, you know, it's sort of like a popular topic, I guess, to talk about Vegas resort fees and how they keep raising them and how many hotels now are over fifty dollars a night in Las Vegas. And I think we've all sort of been frustrated with Las Vegas, but we're all sort of aware of that. But now, um, we, I saw this week on uh, on Gary's blog on View from the Wing, Vegas hotels are now testing out venue fees. What do you have to say about that? What is a venue fee, Mark? It looks like it's just an extra way to, to tack on some bills or tack on a fee uh, when you're at the restaurant or the, the spa or whatever. They're just charging, what is it, 15%? Is that what it is? 15% yeah. fee? Yeah, so I mean, uh, this this last week people discovered at Park MGM. So if, if people don't know, Park MGM is the new name of what used to be the Monte Carlo, and they spent $500 million on renovating this hotel, and I'm not a huge fan of the way it turned out. Um, the rooms, um, from all accounts, I haven't actually been inside the rooms, but everybody's told me that they feel cheap. They do look sort of modern and nice. The casino doesn't look much different than it did. $500 million in paint. That's (laughs) yeah. It sort of feels like that. They did paint the outside. Now they did add Italy, which I think is amazing. And I really do like that. It's not cheap, but the food there is, is delicious, but nonetheless, so they are now charging in their bars, a venue fee. That's I believe like 15%. But so if you order a drink, you got to pay the price of the drink. You got to pay tax, and now you got to pay their venue fee. And apparently, um, Gary says the the person who uh, who was complaining they weren't even uh, told about it. So it just kind of showed up on their bill. There was no disclosure, anything like that. So I, I guess it's safe to say when we do our thing on November 9th for the happy hour, it will not be at the Park Hyatt. So you just lost that business over your cheap fee. <laughs> <laughs> well. Yeah, we're not going to be doing a Park MGM. We're not going to be doing um, or Park MGM. Sorry, events there. And I, I think at what point do people really got to fight back against MGM Resorts and all of these companies that are really, really nickel and diming? We know that occupancy has been down in Las Vegas. We know that they're that they're suffering. So because of these fees, they've lost corporate business. And certain times we've seen targeted offers to gamblers where they're removing resort fees. So we know that they're trying all kinds of things. So it's kind of surprising to see them do this. And I'm just thinking that maybe they're hoping that nobody will notice. You know, when, when you travel, like I, I know, like when you go to the Bahamas and you go to Atlantis or something, they're charging, you know, service fees or mandatory service charges or whatever they call them. So internationally, I guess yeah, it's Canada not has of. that too for their medical insurance and stuff. But whenever I go over to Windsor um, to go to the Caesars there and whatnot and eat dinner, there's always like a 18% huge uh service fee or i guess theirs is a technically a tax so it's not as bad it's not like the actual caesar's property is adding this on this is a throughout the country but yeah when you travel there's different fees and stuff but you know that mgm is just doing this out of greed yeah i mean the the thing is if you want to raise your prices raise your prices we really got to get we really got to start fighting back against these companies who are going to try to be sneaky about stuff if they want to charge if a drink is 14 dollars and they want to charge a dollar 90 venue fee, then they need to just charge fifteen ninety, or they need to make it very, very clear what they're charging. I wrote an article about resort fees uh, a couple months ago, said we need to stop fighting resort fees and we need to fight for the same for laws that require full disclosure of a total price like we have with airlines. Airlines can charge whatever fees they want, but when you go to search for an airline fare, you're seeing the final price. We need that for hotels. And then 
Uh, we need to, you know, push these companies if they're going to be sneaky about it to stop, you know, stop doing business with them. Quite honestly, I mean, it's getting ridiculous, and they're 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 not playing fair. You know, they're just sort of sneaking stuff in there. Uh, apparently, the Sahara, which used to be the SLS, is doing the same thing. They're charging a fifteen percent mandatory gratuity, and then also and no, a five percent. Nobody goes charge, there so. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, nobody I mean, wants to go there, so they're just like I think dying. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that the new concept for that hotel will be good in the end. I think especially with Resorts World opening up. And I, I I love the retro that they went back to the Sahara name. But I do not love the fact that they're charging 20%. Come on, you order a drink and they're charging 20% on top of that. Absolutely ridiculous. And we also know Vegas has all kinds of fees. Like if you go to Aria and you want to take the stuff that's in your mini bar out, they charge you a fee for that. You can't use that refrigerator for your own personal use or or else they charge you a fee. I mean, it's... It's getting ridiculous. I do think Vegas is suffering a little bit because of it. and uh, But most importantly, we, we wanted people to kind of look out for that. If you do visit Vegas, you know, look out for this stuff. And I say uh, take your business elsewhere to places that are not going to be sneaky and not going to try to do that. I don't know that you can avoid resort fees very much here other than by gambling. The Hyatt Place. Pumped. Yeah. <laughs> and the Hyatt Place, yes. The Hyatt Place is great. There is a new, high, a brand new Hyatt Place, which I, I do need to get in contact with the manager over there so maybe I can get a tour. Even though it's still a Hyatt place, but there is a new Hyatt place that's going to be that has a pretty good location and it's brand new, and so there are other options. Hopefully, hopefully their showers work so people aren't taking baths in Vegas. <laughs> they got to use yeah. their bathtub to fill it up with ice so they can put all the beer in it anyway. So yeah. it's new, so maybe the, at least the bathtubs will work for a couple of years before <laughs> before you have those. So yeah, I mean that's sort of where we're at. We're frustrated with that stuff. You know, and we'll have more on uh, Las Vegas because I think that uh, I think there's more that needs to be said about this, and I think that there's more um, that we'll hear because I, I do think that we are seeing a softening here in Las Vegas, and then of course, as the economy does what it does, uh, what it's seeming to be doing right now, I think that hopefully these companies will sort of wake up and understand that they're only doing damage to themselves and to their reputation, and uh, they can't just keep raising these prices, or maybe they can, and I'm wrong, and they'll keep getting away with it. I don't know. That's one of the perks of Caesar's rewards um, with all the status match that we've talked about in the past and with Founders mm -hmm. Card that you can get diamond status or matching it from Wyndham, which you can easily get from matching it from other hotel rewards programs, is that when you, once you have diamond status, then you're not getting hit with those resort fees. So that is a nice perk of Caesar's. They don't have the, the same quality of properties of, as MGM in Las Vegas. At least I don't think so. They have a couple of really nice ones, but most of them are more mid-tier. But that is something to look out uh, for. If you're going to Vegas, maybe you want to try to jump through those hoops to get the status so that you can avoid those fees. For sure. And uh, we have all that information on the status match. We talked about it in, was it episode one, I think, of the podcast, but there's also yeah, Atlantic an article, City. Yep. Yeah, article on the website um, about the Wyndham, or actually about getting Caesars uh, Diamond, which you can get in so many ways. And yeah, it's an amazing uh, opportunity, whether you're going to stay at Caesars Properties or not, um, to do that. So definitely check in on that. And the show is running a little bit long today, but I just had to end with just a couple quick hits because I think there's a couple of great deals that you should know about. The first is the American Airlines shopping uh, bonus. They have a 2,000 mile bonus for people using the portal. And how it works is that for each $75 purchase you make through the American Airlines shopping portal, 
you get 500 bonus miles. You can do that up to four times for a total of 2,000 bonus miles. You get that in addition to the whatever they're paying out for the specific store that you are clicking through to. And that's pretty awesome. I think it's a really great way. You're getting like almost 7x in and plus whatever they're paying out. And we have all the details on milestomemories.com for the full uh, terms and everything else. But it's a pretty cool way to earn some extra miles. And then finally, Discover card holders. The fourth quarter bonus categories for Discover It are pretty amazing. Amazon.com, Target, and Walmart.com all going to pay 5% October, November, December on up to $1,500 in purchases. So if you have a Discover It card, make sure to register now. Uh, registration is now open so you can activate those bonus categories so that when October comes, you are earning 5% back. If you have any questions, see milestomemories.com. We have a post with it, all the uh, terms and exactly what it includes and doesn't include. Pretty good time in the fourth quarter if you are a Discover cardholder. And that's it for the quick hits. I think that's it for today. We got uh, got that covered. We had some great conversation um, about our favorite rewards programs. We talked a little bit about behind the scenes and why it's so important to, to network with people. And then complained a little bit about Las Vegas, which who doesn't love to do that? So uh, thank you guys so Hate much. Hate on for- Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> yes, in my hometown, baby. So uh, thank you so much for uh, joining us. And please consider, if you love the show, giving us a review. Um, you can find all of our uh, links to subscribe at milestomemories.com slash forward slash podcast or our brand new uh, URL, <laughs> mtmpodcast.com. So actually just go to mtmpodcast.com. It's so short and sexy now. It's so short and sexy. I like it. Yes. Yes. So we got that mtmpodcast.com and you can find links to Apple and Google and everywhere else. And uh, we really would appreciate you leaving us a great review if you love the show. And uh, if you have any questions, email me, Mark or Joe, um, Mark and I, Mark or Sean at milestomemories.com and as the Joe flies at gmail.com for, for him if you want to harass him. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. See ya. Oh, I still, I just think it's the funniest thing ever. You take you having to take a bath uh, before the conference. I mean, you know what's also uh, hilarious? I had to take a bath today too because. <laughs> oh, poor Mark! He's scarred for life, and Mark doesn't like baths, so uh, that's apparently a big deal. I don't have enough of the Lufthansa uh, rubber duckies to make it fun. Yes. I guess. Uh, yes, I need to be more like your daughter. Yes, yes, you got to be aspirational. Well, she doesn't have any Lufthansa ones. She only has Con. She has some Conrad ones though. Uh, oh, okay. From, from Sorry. States and stuff, Sorry. So. Uh, I oversold it. All right, Joe. Now you, now you got to say bye. Sean, do your creepy. Bye. Bye. bye.